Well, good morning, everyone. It's wonderful to uh, welcome you to our service this morning. Whether you're joining us here in person or whether you're watching along online, you're most welcome. Um, and it's lovely to see a little bit of blue sky when I look out of the window. Um, and uh, let's hope that uh, we get uh, some more of that. But as I say, it's great to see you here together um, in our service as we uh, come together to celebrate Holy Communion uh, later on today. So as we gather to praise God, um, and to uh, welcome his presence among us. Let's just take a moment uh, to pray as we begin our service. Lord God, as we gather in your presence, we welcome you here. Lord God, we pray that you would open our hearts as we worship you, as we bring our prayers before you, as we hear your word that you would open our hearts to grasp just a little more of who you are, of your majesty, of your glory, that we would be able to see more of who you are and how much you love us as we gather in your presence this morning. Amen. And as we come together later on to celebrate Holy Communion, we remember Jesus' death and resurrection. Um, and these words of Scripture remind us what it is that Jesus has done for us. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. So let's stand as we uh, praise God through our first hymn, Immortal Invisible. Let's stand. Yes. 
Please take your seats. And uh, we say together, the collect security. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And we read um, at the beginning of the service that verse from 1 Peter. Uh, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. And so we come now to confess our sins and ask for forgiveness. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to intercede for us in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Almighty God, our heavenly Father, we have sinned in thought and word and deed, and in what we have left undone. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may walk in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on us. Pardon and deliver us from all our sins. Confirm and strengthen us in all goodness and keep us in eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Uh, good morning. Um, this morning, uh, I have an object with me. Um, may not be able to see it just as clearly, but a few people staying in the eyes there to see what it is. Um, have we any idea what it might be? It's a crayon. What do you do with a crayon? Hands up to answer this. What do you do with a crayon? No. The instructions were reasonably clear, weren't they? Hands up. And all the children put their hands up. And all the adults shouted out. So, there's detention for the adults in the building today. Um, there's a few cleaning jobs. Um, so we colour in with it, don't we? Um, and sometimes we colour outside the lines, and sometimes we colour uh, and stay inside the lines. But the wonderful thing about crayons is that they mark the thing that we draw on, don't they? So if we scribble on a piece of paper, uh, we can leave or mark, can't we? And the difficulty um, with the, well, the, the beauty of leaving our mark is that it's there, isn't it? For others to see. Um, but whenever we break something, it doesn't work. Isn't that right? So it doesn't work, it's broke now. No, no, but if you break something, it doesn't work. Isn't that right? Depends what it is. Okay. So, we've broke a crayon, but it still works, doesn't it? It still colours in. Actually, it can be shared around now, can't it? And two people can make their mark. I wonder, why do we find it so difficult to think that whenever we're broken, we don't work anymore? Because actually, the Bible tells us that in our weakness, God's power is made perfect. 
in our weakness, he shows up and shows that everything still works to his glory and for his purpose. And sometimes whenever we're broken and we share our brokenness with someone else, it helps them to leave their mark just the way we leave our mark. So just because you think you might be broken or someone else says that something in you is broken doesn't mean that God still doesn't have a use for you and a purpose for you to leave your mark in this world because he knows you. He knows who you are and he knows why you're here. I'm going to sing a new song um, today. It's on the screens, um, and I've never done the actions to this song before, so you're going to have to join with me for the first time in doing the actions with this. Um, it's called God Knows Me. So let's stand uh, as we sing this new song together. We'll see the actions as they come on the screens as well. me he can do anything if i run over here if i run over there god is everywhere and he loves me when i look up 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 i know he's real when i look down 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 i believe what i found when i look in god's word and i search for him he rewards me cause he me he can do anything if i run over here if i run over there god is everywhere and he loves me when i look up 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 i know he's real when i look down 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 i believe what i found when i look in god's word and i search for him he rewards me He's real when I look down, down, down I believe what I found When I look in God's word And I search for Him He rewards me Cause He loves me Cause He loves me Cause He loves me Well done, take your seats And we'll learn more of that over the next few weeks as well Okay, um, we're just going to um, pray for the children now as they um, leave us and go out to their groups. So let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the young people and the children in this church. We thank you, Lord God, that you said um, that the children should come to you. And Lord God, we thank you for all the leaders who um, look after them and who teach them. And Lord God, we just pray that you'd bless them now as they spend time learning about you and having fun together in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Our Bible reading now is going to come up on the screen from Revelation 2, verse 1 to 7. Today's reading is taken from Revelation chapter 2, reading verses 1 to 7. To the church in Ephesus. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds. 
your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favour. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Here ends the reading. Let's just pray together as we come before God. Father God, we thank you that you are indeed present with us. <clears throat> that your spirit is here, active and alive. And so as we open your word today, we, we come with ears that are open, with hearts that are open, with eyes that are willing to see afresh and anew of what you would have to say to us today. May it be your word and not my words, we pray in your name. Amen. Um, today we start a new series um, in the book of Revelation. Um, the book of Revelation is a kind of a, a, a strange book in many ways. Um, it's hard to understand. Um, sometimes we start reading it and then we get into the seven-headed dragons and the beasts and we wonder what that's all about and we can't understand it and so we set it to the side. Um, the book of Revelation is a prophetic book. Uh, it's an apocalyptic book. Um, but it's also a wonderful book that speaks into the heart of what it means to be Christian, what it means to be church uh, in today's world and in today's culture. So this series is called uh, Message Sent because in the book of Revelation uh, there is seven letters written to seven different churches uh, across uh, the known world uh, at that stage. And the first of those letters is to the book of Ephesus. Uh, now there's great debate in one sense as to why Ephesus comes first uh, out of the seven. Is it because they're the worst? Is it because they needed to hear the message first? Um, but theologians, scholars who are a little bit uh, more into this than what I am um, have studied it, looked at it and said as the message would have gone out, um, Ephesus would have been the first church, if you like, in the postman's round. <laughs> Does that make sense? So uh, we all know that uh, if we don't have our normal postman, the post doesn't come at the right time. Isn't that right? Um, our normal post person will deliver the post approximately the same time nearly every day. And if it's not there at that time, where are they? Oh, it's a different one today. Uh, they're coming at 4 o'clock rather than 11. Uh, what's going on? Um, and so in a sense, it's the postman's journey. Ephesus would have been the first church that they would have visited, if you like, on those rounds. Um, and so in a sense, the, the question that we want to ask at the beginning of this series is, what is God saying to the church today? Um, these are God's letters, his messages to the church uh, of that day, uh, nearly 2,000 years ago. But yet we know that God's word is living and active and it speaks into our lives and into our church today. So it's the same message. The message that's contained in the scriptures is life-giving and so therefore the message that is here, if we take it on as it says, if we have ears to hear, hearts that are open, then we can receive today. And so this series we're going to explore this book of Revelation. And it's often one of the most neglected books, especially in the New Testament certainly. But it's wonderful, um, wonderful book. 
And Revelation uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 3 says this. And actually, um, there's no other book in the Bible that is spoken of like this. And so this is quite a unique phrase to the book of Revelation. Verse 3, chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take heart what is written in it, because the time is near. Blessed are the ones who read it and who hear it and who take to heart. So if that's the opening gamut of the book of Revelation, then there must be something contained within it that is really special and powerful. If those who hear it, read it, hear it, and take it to heart, will be blessed. Through this uh, book, we also hear phrases like King of Kings, Lord of Lords, um, Alpha and Omega that we'll come to a little bit later on um, today. But you see, even in chapter 1, as you continue through it in verse 5, it says that Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth. This is a book about Jesus, about who he is, about his character, and about his coming again. He is the Alpha and the Omega, as it says in chapter 1, verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come. That is present tense. It's not past tense. Because we know that we worship a God who is alive and who is well, not a God who is dead this morning. Many other world religions continue to worship prophets who lived and who have now died and remain dead. The core belief of the Christian is that our Savior died for us and rose again and is alive today. That makes us distinct from the rest of the world. And so that's why Revelation, the book of Revelation is apocalyptic. There's lots of imagery in it about end times and what it's going to look like. And some of that's imagery. We'll, rasp, we'll, we'll grapple with some of that as we go through this series, uh, but we won't touch all of it because we're not going all the way through the book. Uh, but there's lots of imagery there um, about what it might look like. Um, but it's also prophetic. Um, it speaks truth into where we are right here, right now. It casts a vision of what is yet to be and gives us a grounding of what it will be like. It casts a vision of what is yet to be, but it gives us a grounding of what it's going to be like. Because imagery is fierce and powerful, and revelation is filled with it. We know that imagery is powerful, don't we? Because we're, we're hooked on it, in a sense. Uh, we see images from the advertisers. Um, they stick in our brains, in our minds. Um, they're what holds us to that particular product. They're what builds a brand loyalty is the imagery that's placed around it. Often though we see a certain image today, it will recall something that we have known about or experienced even in the past. And so imagery is powerful. And so the imagery we'll visit in this book will evoke powerful things within us. So these seven letters to the seven churches, they spoke to them in their day and they will indeed speak to us in our day. Um, if, as we heard read, Verse 7 of chapter 2. Hear what it says as we begin. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who has an ear, let him hear. To the church in Ephesus. Verse 1 says, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks amongst the seven golden lampstands. There's two images in there that I want to call out just as we begin to create an image 
of what is yet to be. It says, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand. The one who, the creator God, the one who controls and maintains the world that we exist in. And he walks. He walks. He's, he's not static. He's not dead. He's alive. He walks around the lampstands. Around this image of the lampstands being the light that the churches shine for him. And so Jesus, the overseer, is walking through his people. He is present with them and with us. And each of these, as we go through these seven letters to the seven churches, um, each of the churches receives um, condemnation and commendation uh, on varying degrees, with Smyrna being the only one who receives unrestricted praise. There's only one out of the seven who there doesn't seem to be any problems with. <laughs> um, and that, in a sense, is comforting because often we think that there is only ever problems in the church today. <laughs> that the churches that we read about here are always perfect. The Ephesus is a mixed bag. It receives both commendation and condemnation. It receives, Jesus gives it, as he writes these letters, um, writes a letter to the church of Ephesus. He, he gives it three things that he wants to commend it for. Uh, one, it's hard work. Two, it's perseverance. And three, it's orthodoxy. So he wants to commend the church at Ephesus and saying, you're working hard. You're doing a really good job. You're doing really well. The things that you're doing are good things. Well done. He wants to tell them, thank you for your perseverance, that even though around you there is pressure and there is persecution, your perseverance in continuing to hold a light for me is commendable. And thank you for your orthodoxy. Thank you that you're standing true. Thank you that you're not that you're not taking on these new wild ideas that are affecting other churches, as we will see later on in these letters, that you are orthodox, that you remain true to the faith that has been given to you. So he wants to commend them for their hard work, for the things that they're doing, for their perseverance, for the way in which they take a stand, for the way in which they hold true to the things that have been passed down um, to them. But verse 4 tells us a different story. Verse 4 says, Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. You have forsaken your first love. That sense, the first love being the one where the butterflies are in the tummy, the ecstatic joy um, at the thought of a message coming or a telephone uh, ringing. <laughs> Makes me sound really old, but I can remember whenever I started going out uh, with Shirley um, some 20-odd years ago. She's holding four fingers up. No, it was 24, not four. <laughs> well, it only feels like four for you. All right, okay. Um, some 24 years ago, um, and whenever the phone rang, do you remember whenever you didn't have really mobiles and stuff? 
and the phone was on a cord in the hall. And whenever it rang, I remember running down the hall thinking, is it her? Is she ringing for me? And then lifting the phone and it being like my uncle looking for my dad or something. I'm going, aye, right, I'll go and get him. He's eating his spuds. Do you know, and the, the sense of deflation thereafter because actually the first love that's within you, that sense of joy, that overwhelming sense. Jesus is saying that the church of the Ephesus have lost that. They're going about their good deeds. Those things are still continuing. They're, they're persevering against the people that tells them they shouldn't exist. That they're remaining true to the things that have been uh, given down to them, passed down to them in the faith, but yet they have lost that sense of joy, that sense of overwhelming excitement at following Jesus. And that's the reason Jesus says that their lampstand's going to be taken away because they've lost their first love. They need to return back to that burning passion and seal for him those other three things the good works the perseverance the orthodoxy are all good things and are all necessary things but if we've lost our first love they're also empty things that don't really serve a purpose they've lost that inner glow of burning brightly for jesus because if we look at the Paul's letter to the church of Ephesus, as we know it, the book of Ephesians, that's a book filled with wisdom, with overjoyed, with may now the God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, seek or even dare to imagine, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. Those are the things we read about the church back then. And that was only a few years before this letter is written to them. And somewhere along the line, they've lost their first love. The seal has gone, time has passed, and outwardly, Things remain the same. They look the same, but inwardly they have died. The preacher asks himself this question as he asks you this question. Do you find yourself in that position? The seal, the passion, the enthusiasm has died or is growing cold. Because today Jesus is saying it's not good enough to know his word, to sing his praises. It's not simply about turning up to church or life group or all those other good things that we are involved in. Jesus is saying we need to have seal for him, passion, joy, enthusiasm. And here's the good news. It is possible to get it back. Preacher knows that from personal experience. It is possible to get it back. But we can't kid ourselves in it. We need to be honest with ourselves. Because this letter closes with a stark warning and also a promise. In verse 5, the stark warning is this. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things that you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. In other words, Jesus says when he returns, he will take the lampstand away and you will not have a right to speak on his behalf because you've lost that first love. And so the stark warning in that is that we as individuals and as a church need to ensure that we are on fire and in love with Jesus. And that will come in lots of different ways. Small ways, big ways, tiny ways, huge ways, personal ways, corporate ways. And for each one of us, that will see us do something about it in a different way. 
It's not always about running around the different streets shouting Jesus' name from the top of our voice. Sometimes it's as simple as the small words or actions that we do and how we live our lives to our friends, our family, and our community that show the passion, the seal, and the love that we have for God to those around us. But that verse 5 calls us to repentance. And repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change of direction. It's more than just reciting a few words as we have done at the start of this service. It's a change of mind that leads to a change of direction. It's a complete turning around. I would encourage you, not that I have all the answers, but if you want to talk about it, if you want to chat it over, if you want um, to walk a journey, um, to refresh a journey, please do um, get in contact and we will be happy to walk with you in that. Whilst verse 5 has a stark warning, verse 7 comes with a glorious promise. Listen to this. He who has an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. If you hear, if you heed, and if you overcome for him, you have the right to eat from the tree of life in the paradise of God. That is a glorious promise. And a promise that probably each one of us would love to take for ourselves. It's full of inheritance. It's full inheritance of everything that is ours in paradise. Fruit from the tree of life. So, are you still in love with Jesus as your first love? Do you have an ear to hear what God is saying to his church today? Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you are present with us. Lord, we thank you that you call us into a deeper relationship with you. Do not leave us standing or stranded. And that in your calling you want us to return to that excitement and joy and zeal and passion for you, to have you as our first love. Give us grace, give us wisdom, and give us strength to ensure that that is indeed the case. In your name, amen. As a response um, to God's word today, and uh, leading into our intercessions and into our time of communion, we're going to uh, stand to sing, Lord, I come to you.
Take our seats. Let's pray. And as we pray, the response um, is that when I say, Lord, in your mercy, you respond, hear our prayer. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your unfailing love and faithfulness towards us. We know that there are times that we have not loved you as we should. Restore in us our first love. Fill us with your spirit and enable us to serve you and to live lives in our daily work, in our schools, amongst our families, and amongst our friends that will bring glory to your name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father God, we thank you that you are always at work in your world. And we bring to you those places where people are particularly in need today. We pray for safety for those in Tonga and the surrounding islands and shores affected by the recent tsunami. We pray for places where there is ongoing conflict, such as Afghanistan, Ethiopia, 
South Sudan and Yemen. Strengthen those working for peace and allow aid to get through to those who most need it. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father God, we thank you for the amazing privilege and responsibility that you've given to um, your church to be salt and light in the world. Let your church today hear what your spirit is saying to us as we respond to the challenges of COVID-19 and as we seek to share the good news of your gospel. We pray for the Church of Ireland and for our diocese and for our own congregation. Guide us, shape us and equip us to carry out the mission that you have called us to. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we also name before you in our hearts those congregations close to us, maybe ones which we used to attend or ones which our family members attend. Guide and inspire each church congregation to a deeper love for you and to impact their own communities and to build your kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father God, we bring before you those in need today, those who are sick, those who are bereaved, and at this time we particularly remember the Atchison family. We bring to you those who are lonely, those who are finding life difficult for whatever reason. And in our hearts, we bring to those particularly known to us today. May each person on our hearts be brought closer to you. May they find comfort, peace, and healing through you today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father God, we thank you that you always hear our prayers. You know our needs before we speak them out. But in the silence now, we bring to you the things that are troubling us personally today and the concerns we have for the week ahead. Lord, you said that we can bring our burdens to you. So, Lord, we place these worries and concerns at your feet and ask that you would carry us through. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father God, we offer you these prayers in faith, knowing that you are able to do more than we ask or imagine. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, yours is the greatness and the power and the glory. The victory and the majesty for all things come from you and of your own we give to you. The Lord is here. His spirit is with us. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Father Almighty and ever-living God, at all times and in all places, it is right to give you thanks and praise. So with all your people, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. So blessed are you, Father, creator and sustainer of all things. 
You made us in your own image, male and female, you created us. Even when we turned away from you, you never ceased to care for us. But in your love and mercy, you freed us from the slavery of sin, giving your only begotten Son to become man and suffer death on the cross to redeem us. He made there the one complete and all-sufficient sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. He instituted and his holy gospel commanded us to continue a perpetual memory of his precious death until he comes again. And then he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks to you, he gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Therefore, Father, with this bread and this cup, we do as Christ your Son commanded. We remember his passion and death. We celebrate his resurrection and ascension, and we look for the coming of his kingdom. Except through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts, grant by the power of the life-giving Spirit, that we be with one in your holy church, partakers of the body and blood of your Son, that he may dwell in us and we in him, through the same Jesus Christ our Lord, by whom, with whom, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honour and glory are yours, Almighty Father, forever and ever. Amen. So as our Saviour Christ has taught us, we're bold to say, Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God of glory, you nourish us with the bread from heaven. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, that through us the light of your glory may shine in the world. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let's pray together, Almighty God. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food of the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Amen. Stand to sing our final song today, Jesus, all for Jesus.
Please take your seats as we draw uh, to a close today. A few very quick announcements. Uh, Food Bank, uh, always, as always, uh, open and available to leave stuff off as a collection point whenever the building is open. Um, so you can do that at any stage. Um, Select Festival meeting is tomorrow evening, um, the 17th of January um, at 7.30 here. Uh, Life Group restarts this Tuesday night at 8pm and hopefully you'll receive some emails for those who are involved in that uh, later on um, today. Uh, magazine items, um, we're to be with Rona by next Sunday, the 23rd of January for a new issue coming out at the end um, of the month. Um, uh, the Register of Festry Persons is open for renewal um, at this stage and so if your name is not on uh, that register, please do um, have a word with me or one of the wardens and we'll get you the form that you need to fill in. If you're unsure whether your name's on us, uh, again, have a word with yourself or the wardens and we'll check for you. Um, what does it mean? It simply means that if your name's on that, you're eligible to vote um, at uh, the AGM at the Easter General Festival meeting. You're eligible to stand for election for office. It doesn't mean because your name's on it that you will uh, be up for standing. Uh, it just simply means that you're able to vote um, and possibly stand if that is your desire. Um, you need to be over the age of 18 and subscribe to parish funds in a way that is recordable in the last year. We can explain all of that in more detail to you if you desire. Uh, I have two more things um, to do. The first um, is to announce um, the sad with sadness uh, the death of Maureen Atchison, who was a big part of this congregation uh, for many, many years, her and her husband, John. Um, John died um, just over a year ago um, during the COVID restrictions, uh, and Maureen sadly passed away quite suddenly. Um, just at the tail end uh, of the week. Her funeral will be here um, in Derevogi, um this Tuesday morning at 10.30am. Um, um, and so we can pay our respects to her family uh, then. And the last thing I uh, come to today is that um, Dave has been with us uh, for a number of weeks now. Uh, Dave, do you want to um, come up uh, for a wee moment? He wasn't expecting this. Um, he, I didn't tell him we were going to do any of this. Um, oh, he even took his microphone off. I thought he'd completely finished. Did you see that? I tell you. Um, Dave, um, you've been with us a number of weeks. Um, how many in total? Ten. Ten? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't actually feel like that. It sure doesn't. And it's actually been longer than just ten weeks because we had a Christmas period and you've been <laughs> off at uh, college and stuff for a number of weeks. So it's longer than ten weeks. It doesn't actually feel like that. It feels as if it was just a couple of weeks ago that yeah. I was saying, hello everybody, this is Dave. Um, he's a student from the Theological College studying with us. It's been great having you here. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed um, your time with us. Yes, I really have, yeah. Thank was you, the, thank you the, very much. That was the right answer. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah. um, what, what's one of the things you've enjoyed most? Uh, I, I, I really enjoyed um, the, the, the children's uh, family service um, and <laughs> going over to the hall and having uh, tea and coffee and, and donuts and things, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I really enjoyed the kind of, the, the friendliness and the family atmosphere here and just, you know, standing at the door and people coming out and chatting and, and people lingering around in the car park. You know, you can really see it's a, it's a community and a family here, which is, it's been lovely to be a part of that for a short time. Brilliant. That's really, it's actually quite encouraging to hear because as we know, uh, as a church family, we don't necessarily feel that that's the case at the minute because we used to have tea and coffee after the service and hang about for even longer and have lots of chats. So it's really encouraging to hear uh, as someone coming in, you can notice that and see that. Dave, we've appreciated your ministry amongst us as you uh, have led us, as you've led us not only uh, through our liturgy, but it led us in prayer uh, and taught us from God's word uh, as well. And I know that's something that you do on a regular basis in your uh, regular job, um, but there's a real gifting there. 
um, and we want to encourage that in you and wish you all the best uh, for the future. Um, and on behalf of the congregation, a little token of thanks oh, wow. uh, from us thank you uh, so to much. you and to your family. Thank you. Thank you, right. James, and thank you, everyone. Thank you. Uh, and we finish uh, with some words from the book of Ephesians um, today. You remember the first letter uh, to the Ephesians, uh, whenever they were going strong in their love uh, for Jesus, it uh, was amazing. Now to him, he was able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to the work and the power that is within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.